Thank you for tuning in to the audio podcast of Renaissance Church, a new church plant located in Montreal, Quebec. For more information about Renaissance Church, please check out our website, renaissancemtl.com. If you would like more information about joining the launch team of Renaissance, or if you would like information on how you can partner with us to see the gospel advance in Montreal, please send us an email at renaissance.mtl at gmail.com. So again, I want to say welcome um, and so grateful to gather together this morning and grateful to be here together. And what I want to do real quick before we jump into the sermon is we have a lot of you and pe- some people that are here, some people that are not here that are, we are incredibly thankful for because you guys, so many of you show up week in and week out and you serve, you help, you're part of serve team or you're part of helping with music or you're part of serving in the community or serving with the kids. And, and I'm not going to like call you out necessarily this morning, but if you're part of those things, uh, actually I am going to call you out, and you can do it really quickly, but if you do any of those things, I want you to stand up really quick. I want you to just quickly stand up. If you serve in any way, on Sundays, with kids, with music, in the community, quickly serve up anybody, anybody, anybody. So we want to say thank you, and I'm looking at some people who aren't standing, but we are really, really appreciative of you guys. You can sit now. (laughs) No, and, and... this is all awkward now, but I'm really grateful for you guys and thankful that so many people serve. And, and part of um, what we do on like simple Sunday is we try to make where we don't have as many people involved in serving um, just because we want to say, hey, take a break, take a day to rest, um, because we know that you guys give a lot and you serve a lot to make all of this happen. And that's not just Sundays, but so many other things beyond that. So we're really thankful for all of you. Well, this morning we're going to jump into the final week of our series called Overflow of the Heart. We've been in the book of Psalms and we're going to jump into that in a minute. But quickly, I want to talk about next week. So next week we're going to start a series called Follow Jesus. And this series is going to go through the book of Mark, one of the, one of the gospels, one of the stories of the life, the birth and life and death of Jesus. We're going to go through the book of Mark in this series called Follow Jesus. And so we're excited about that. But one thing that we're doing um, that's maybe different than we've done before, um, we have these books, and they're back there in the back. And this is the gospel of Mark, straight from the Bible. This is the gospel of Mark. It's got really cool design. It's got space like blank pages so you can take notes and journal and thoughts of what God is, is teaching you, what you're learning. So these are our, well, I'm going to say these are our gift to you. If you want to pay $5 to help offset the cost, you can do that. If you don't, they're free. There's no pressure either way. If you give $5, it just helps cover the cost. So those are in the back, back there. You can take one of those today. And it's actually on the table back there. There's like a, a reading plan that kind of shows you to follow along throughout the sermon, how you can read ahead of time that when we preach the sermon, you've already read it during the week and given it some thought. And so um, we're looking forward to this. So you can take this paper and take the, the book of Mark and, um, and use it throughout this series. And we hope that it's a way that you can um, grow in engaging yourself with God's Word, taking notes, writing down the things that God is teaching you as you read, writing down the questions you have. And so we want to encourage you to take one of those, and we're excited to begin that next Sunday, all right? So going back to the book of Psalms, that was a commercial for next week, right? So the book of Psalms, we're continuing our Overflow of the Heart series. We've been going through the book of Psalms, and we've seen how an authentic faith in God is an overflow of our hearts to Him. That whether we are experiencing joy or pain, 
struggle, sorrow, grief, worship, gratitude, all of these things that we realize from the book of Psalms that we can be honest with God. And we can let our hearts overflow to him. And God is not afraid of that, right? We sometimes think, oh, I couldn't say that to God. I'm, I'm, I'm angry. I'm sad. I'm grieving. I'm, over, I'm rejoicing. I can't, I can't kind of let that out, right? But no, what we see in the book of Psalms is that a faith that's authentic lets our heart overflow to God. And he can handle that, right? We can be honest with God. We don't have to wear a mask. We can let our hearts overflow and pour out our hearts to him. Typically, as humans, we are prone to fakeness, right? We do this in all kinds of ways where we kind of put forward, and it's not bad, you know, to put our best foot forward and all those kind of things, right? We don't want to be, like, sloppy in our lives. But we're prone to say, I'm going to act like I'm okay, even if I'm not. I'm going to put on a face that I'm okay, even if I'm not. And we often do this with God as well. And yet the book of Psalms shows us we can be honest with God. This series has been really good for me. It's been helpful as I've read and prepared and learned and, and just been reminded of God wants our honesty. God loves when we come to him and pour out our hearts to him. So I hope it's been good and helpful for you as well. This is our last week, and we're going to go through Psalm 67 this morning. It's what I would call a missional psalm, and you'll see why. Because it's all about the work of God in us overflowing to the world around us. How many people like to cook? How many people hate to cook, but you do cook, right? Okay, if you ever, if you ever like boil water and then like cook like pasta or something, what happens if you're not paying attention sometimes? It overflows out of the pot. It makes a big mess and it goes, it boils out, right? We've all experienced that, right? But this is, in a sense, get this picture in your mind, this is what the church should be like, that when God is working in our midst, it overflows, it can't be contained because God is working in our lives. And it's a good thing. When it, when it doesn't, when you're cooking, it's a bad thing. But when God does that in our church, it's a really good thing, right? So, but God wants to work in us to overflow to the world around us. And the good news and the grace and the love of Jesus changes our lives and can't and shouldn't be contained. God has loved us so that we can overflow. There was a song I used to sing a long time ago, and there was a line in the song that said, let what we do in here fill the streets out there. And I love that idea. That when we gather, we're not gathering. Our church is not just Sunday morning. That we want the things we do in here to overflow into our lives throughout the week, into our neighborhoods, into our homes, into our city. That what we do in here, when we worship God, when we read from God's word, that it overflows to the people around us. Because we are sent out on mission. All of this, gathering for church, our faith, all of this is not just about me, not just about you. It's God saving us so that he can overflow out of us to other people. So what does this look like? Imagine the work of God in your own life personally, and you can't contain it. And the people around you, the people you work with and live with and hang out with, start to notice and say, what is happening in your life? And it's not because you've got it all together, but it's because the grace of God is working in you and overflowing out of you. And people can't help but see the work of God. Imagine our church God at work in a way that we cannot contain. It overflows in worship of God with serving our city, with loving the people around us and our community. And because of it, because of God's work in our church, people around us turn to put their faith in God. That's our prayer and that's our hope. And what we're going to see, I hope, in this psalm today is that God has loved us and saved us, that the work of God in us will overflow to the world around us.
All right, you guys with me? You awake, ready to go? So we're going to go to Psalm 67. Um, There are some Bibles in the chairs. If you need a Bible, if you'd like to have one, you're welcome to do that. We have a few English and some French as well. Um, And the scripture will be on the screen here this morning. So let's read this together. Psalm 67. It says, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us, that your way may be known on earth your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. I love this passage. Because it shows how God shows us his blessing and his grace, but it's for a purpose. And Psalm 67 is a prayer. And it's a prayer that by God's blessing on his people, that his salvation and praise may be extended over the earth. So let's look quickly and walk through this, and then we're going to kind of apply it. I'm hoping that the sermon today will be shorter than usual. So if you guys are like, okay, it's time, you can like, no, I'm teasing, don't do that. But, uh, you know. Anyways, so we look at this passage, and we start off in verse 1, and it says, it's a good thing. It's a really happy verse, right? We like this a lot. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. We're like, sweet. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, God, do that. But immediately, it goes to verse 2 and says, that. And so you could kind of add a word, not add a word, but it means so that, right? There's a reason for that. It says, that your way may be known on earth and your saving power among all nations. That God wants to bless us so that we can be a blessing. And for the Israelite people who this was written for and by, God said, I want to bless you so that you can be a blessing. And we continue to look through. We see the blessing of God in this passage over and over. God, you have blessed us. God, will you bless us? In verse uh, 6, it says, the earth has yielded its increase. They're reminded even the physical provision that God has given them, that they have harvest and fruit, uh, fruits and vegetables and crops. They said, God, you have blessed us, but let us bless other people. And then we see this this picture of the nations. What's it say? That your way may be known on earth. Your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad. And it continues to use this language. And the point is this. That God has a heart. God loves all people. And God's desire is that the nations of the earth would worship him. And right in the middle, there's a verse that says this. This is about God. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. And here we have a picture of God as a God who is good, who is a judge, who is strong, who is righteous. So we look through the psalm. We see God's blessing. We see God's heart for the nations. And we see God as the ruler and the judge over all. And for the Israelite people, from their beginning... They were called to be a channel of God's blessing to the nations. We're going to do a quick little overview here. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, and I mentioned this in the video, but I'm going to highlight this again. We look at this passage, and God's telling Abraham, or Abram at the time, he says, I want you to go to the place that I'm going to show you. And then he goes, so go ahead and go to verse, uh, verse 2. And he says, go to the place I'm going to show you. And, says, and God says, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great. 
And again, it's like, yeah, sweet. Yeah, we want that. But what's he say? So that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. For all the peoples or nations, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And this was a promise that God gave to his people. He said, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. But it's so that all the nations of the earth can see and know the goodness of God. We jump forward to the New Testament and we read in Matthew 28 what Jesus says in the Great Commission, the end of Matthew chapter 28. It says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And he says, Go therefore and make disciples of what? All nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So we see Jesus reiterating, this is going to all nations. Then we look at the very end of the Bible, in in the book of Revelation chapter 7. And it says this, 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 this vision that a man named John was giving, and he writes, he says, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne, And before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. And so what we see, you guys with me? You awake? It was a lot of words there, okay? What we see from the beginning of the Bible, all the way to the end of the Bible, we see God's heart and desire to bless his people so that the nations of the earth will be blessed. Right? Who's ever been to Costco? Yeah, Costco is a little bit like heaven if you pay attention because in Costco is all the nations of the world, right? Um, I'm from the States, and in the States we have a place called Chuck E. Cheese. Anybody know that place? Chuck E. Cheese is also like heaven because all the nations of the earth are at Chuck E. Cheese. If you ever go there, check it out, all right? But I love that we even have a picture of this here, right? So I, I want this to be really quick, but I know that there are people in this room from all over the place. So quickly, tell me where you're from, quickly, just some from Brazil. Brazil, Brazil, I know we have Nigeria, and Japan, and China, and uh, where else? What else we have? India, Abdul's from Afghanistan, and Yugoslavia, and where else? We even have Americans and Canadians, right? We're, we're all. So, and, and uh, Honduras, I knew, no, my brain, my brain couldn't figure out for the moment Guatemala or Honduras, right? And Trinidad, Maureen's from Trinidad. Are we missing anybody? I'm not trying to miss anybody. Right? So, but here's the thing. That is a beautiful thing. Because we get to have a church that looks a little bit like heaven. That as we worship, we gather together under one name. The name of Jesus to worship him. That God in his grace has saved us so that we as a church can be a blessing to the nations. That God's heart, we see in the Bible that God's heart is for all people to know and worship him. And here's what we see from Psalm 67, that God uses his people to do that. God says, I want to bless you, but it's not just for you. It's not just so that you can be happy and content. It's so that the nations of the earth can hear and see the goodness of Jesus. So as we go through this today, we want to see again that the work of God in us will overflow to the world around us. I have two questions I want us to ask this morning that hopefully I can give some responses to. First of all, how can the work of God in your life overflow to the people around you? So think personally. How can the work of God in your life overflow to people around you? And secondly, how can the work of God in our church overflow to the people 
around us, all right? So here we go. First question, how is this personal for you? How can the work of God overflow? First of all, I would say this. For the work of God to overflow, we must find our life in Jesus. Find our life in Christ. We have to understand what we mean by the gospel. It's something we talk about often here. The gospel is the good news, the message of Jesus. And the gospel is that you and I, every person, is sinful and separated from God, which is bad news. We have no way to get to God on our own. But God, in his love and grace and mercy, has sent his son Jesus. And Jesus was born of a virgin and lived a sinless, perfect life. He obeyed God in all things, and he gave his life on the cross to die for my sins, to die for your sins, so that I can be forgiven. And he rose from the dead, conquering death. This is the gospel, but this is more than just a nice thing we say at church. This is the foundation of what it means to be in Christ, to find our life in Christ. Because when we grasp that in our hearts and lives, it changes our identity. It changes what we understand about ourselves. We struggle with this because we think, okay, I've got that. Yeah, Jesus came, he died on the cross. And we think too easily, yeah, I've got that. Okay, now what? But here's what happens. We easily say we forget that, right? We easily forget that. And to be completely honest, this morning I woke up, I was making the coffee, come downstairs, and usually I get up and kind of look over the sermon, I read, read some scripture, and this thought just came into my mind and this, this sense of like fear and all these things. And the question is, God, have I done enough? Am I good enough? And I forgot in that moment that I can't, but Jesus has done enough. Because when we forget the truth of the gospel, we start to say, I can't do enough. I need to do more. And we start to work ourselves like crazy and stressed and anxious about all these things. Or we just start to throw up our hands and say, this is lame. I can't do this anymore. When we forget that Jesus has done everything. And we forget to build our lives on that foundation and on that identity. We forget that we have a gospel identity. When we move ourselves to saying, it all depends on me. When really, Jesus has done everything. Because of Jesus and his grace in our lives, God, we, God is pleased with us. That we are good enough. That we are loved by God because of Jesus. And it's not something that we earn. And it's not just because we work harder. And we think about the blessing of God on us. The deepest understanding of the blessing of God is the gospel. To stand back and say, what has God done? How has he blessed us? He has loved us enough to send his own son to die in our place. That is the depths of the blessing of God in us. And it's that where God shines his face upon us. In this verse it says, may God, men make his face to shine upon us. Through Jesus, God has shown his face upon us in love and mercy. And it's that work of God in us. It's the truth of Jesus in us that flows out of us. Our lives won't overflow with worship of God if we're not connected to God. But if we are striving in our own strength, or you may be here today and this may be new to you, you may not say, you may not consider yourself a Christian, you may not say, I'm following Jesus. And if, you, if we are disconnected from God, the work of God will not come out of us because it's a work of Him, not of us. We don't show Jesus to the world out of our own strength. That's not how it works. Or out of our own goodness or out of our own effort. We truly show Jesus to the world when we cannot contain 
the joy and the hope of Jesus in our hearts. That's when it's true. That's when it's real and authentic. When we are just saying, wow, God, you have loved me. I don't deserve it. God, you are faithful. You are gracious. You are loving. And I can't contain it because it is springing and welling up out of my life. And people see it. So how, do we, how does our life overflow to the people around us? First of all, we find our life in Christ. We stay connected. Secondly, we live as an ambassador. When we follow Jesus... We represent Jesus to the world. The Bible says we are ambassadors of Christ. Okay, what's an ambassador do? An ambassador is a citizen of one country, and yet they move somewhere else to represent that country to the new country. Okay, I have one of my closest friends, and I've told many of you this, is from Brazil. He, he's, he's a Brazilian diplomat ambassador in Switzerland, right? And so he speaks on behalf of, for certain matters, on behalf of the Brazilian government in Switzerland. We are ambassadors of Christ. That God has said, I am sending you out to represent God to the people around you. Imagine that. That in a sense, we speak the message of God on behalf of God to the people around us as ambassadors of Christ. So how does this overflow out of our lives? We live as an ambassador. I want you to think. This is your participation here, right? I want you to think of someone in your life who doesn't know Jesus, someone who is far from God. And here's my challenge this morning. To simply begin to pray for that person every day. To pray that their hearts would be open to hearing the message of Jesus. Secondly, pray for yourself that you would have the opportunity and the boldness to share Jesus with them. Because if you are a follower of Jesus, you are an ambassador of Christ. The work of God in you is not just for you. It's also for others that they will know and worship Jesus. I've heard it said that when the gospel came to you or came to me, it was on its way to someone else. It's an incredible thought. That God has saved us not just for ourselves, but so that we would represent Jesus to the world. And so think of that person. Maybe it's one person. Maybe it's two or three. I don't know. Think about who those people are. And begin praying for them. Serve them. Love them. Look for ways to share Jesus with them. And I would challenge you, even today, take your phone out or a notebook and write their names down. You don't have to show them to anybody. This is yours, right? Begin to pray for these people and say, you know what? I'm going to pray for these people throughout this summer and throughout the the upcoming months. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to look for ways to share Jesus with them. I'm going to look for ways for the work of God in me to overflow to those people. Finally, what do we do to let our lives overflow to the people around us? I think we live with generosity. We see in our passage today the blessings of God. And the blessings of God go far beyond material or financial wealth. We're not promised health and wealth and prosperity. We're not promised those things in God's word. We are promised that if we follow Jesus, we'll suffer on behalf of him. So those things don't match, right? But the reality is that God has blessed us in incredible ways and in more ways than we know and in more ways than we even realize. And when we are generous, the work of God in us can overflow to others when we live with generosity. When we freely give what God has given to us, that may be our time. That may be the things that we're good at and the ways that we serve people. It may be our money and ways and we say, God, you've blessed me, you've provided for me, and I want to give so that people can see the goodness of God. And I want to take a side note and celebrate something, right? We don't talk a lot, honestly, about Renaissance. We don't, like, always talk about 
tithing, giving money to the church, right? It's, it's a way that we function, and I think it's an important part of our faith that we say, I want to give back to God what he's given to me. But I want to celebrate this and say that we kind of split up our, our giving into, into quarters, like the first three months of the year, the second three months of the year. And, and Autumn texted me the other day. She said, hey, we should celebrate this. Our giving is up like over $2,000 this quarter than last quarter. That's a big deal for a little church like us. Because what it means is that people in this church are being generous, are giving and saying, you know what, I believe in God enough and I believe in the mission of this church enough to say, I want to give so that it can continue. So we are grateful. We celebrate that because we see generosity in that. That when we live with generosity, the work of God can overflow. And here's the heart. What's the, what's the, the baseline of generosity? It's this. God, would you bless us so that so that we can bless others. This is generosity with whatever it is. God, would you bless, would you provide, would you equip us in whatever it is so that we can bless other people? This is overflow. When we live like this, I believe that people will see the work of God in our lives. There's probably a lot of other ways that people can see the work of God in you overflowing. Those are three that we identified this morning. Second question, how can the work of God in our church overflow to the people around us, okay? Is everybody awake? You guys with me? Good? Good? Okay. If you need coffee, Dylan's refilling coffee. It's good. All right. So when we read this psalm, right, this psalm is a very corporate psalm. It's not really designed as an individual psalm. It's designed as, may God be gracious to who? To us. And it was written to the Israelite people, and yet we read it as the church today and say, God, would you be gracious to us and make your face shine upon us so that we can be a blessing? This is more than just about us as individuals. It's about us as God's people to say, God, how can your work in us overflow to the people around us? And for many of you who've been around Renaissance a long time, what I'm about to say won't be new to you. But often at Renaissance, we say this. We say that we love Jesus, we love each other, and we love our world. And I think that when we live these things out in real life, that we see the work of God overflow out of our church to the people around us. When we love Jesus, think about this, that as a church... When we are loving and worshiping Jesus and growing in the truth of the gospel and building our lives on that foundation, that I believe that we will be a vibrant and thriving church. That when Jesus is at the center of all that we do, it will overflow to the world around us. And we recognize and say that by us saying we want to love Jesus, we're saying, Jesus, we want you to be the center. You are our source. You are our joy. You are the reason our lives are changed. We seek to love and worship Jesus. And when we do that as a church, it stirs our hearts with affection and love for him and overflows to people around us. Secondly, we say we want to love each other. When the work of, the work of God will overflow to the world around us when people see that we love each other. Why? Because it's different. It's different than the world around us. That we seek to love and seek forgiveness and seek unity and seek peace and seek brotherhood and sisterhood within a church. In John 13, 35, Jesus said, By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. Why? If you have love for one another. So what Jesus says, if you love one another, people are going to notice. And people are going to know that you are followers of Jesus. People are going to know that you're my disciples. That's the challenge. That's why we say love each other. It's not just so that we're all happy and nice. It's, yeah, that's part of it. But we want to love each other so that the world around us says, those people are different because they actually love each other. 
even when it's messy, even when it's not easy, even when it's hard, but they actually love each other and they'll forgive each other because of Jesus. So, as a church, we can overflow when we are loving each other. And third, we can love our world. That when we get outside of just Sunday mornings and we get engaged in the world around us, we can share and show the love of Jesus, right? We want to speak the good news of Jesus, and yet we also want our actions to back that up. We want to serve people and actually truly love people. But we want to speak to them and say, there is hope that's found in Jesus. In the book of Acts, verse chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus says to his disciples, he says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And we've talked about before that we, we identify and think about these things as what? People who are close to us. These are people in our community, our neighbors, people that are right around us that we share Jesus with the people close to us, people who are different from us, right? We live in a city with all kinds of people from all kinds of places. If you just sit and watch people for a while, it's kind of amazing. There's all kinds of stuff happening, right? There are people who are very different from us, and yet we are called as a church to love people who are different from us and to show the grace and the love of Jesus. And people who are far from us. We watch the video, and, and if you watch the video, you notice what, one thing I talked about, that in the world there are people groups of people in the world, over 6,000 people groups, who do not know and have not heard the message of Jesus. They're considered unreached because there's not growing and thriving churches in those nations, or it's very, very small, or among those people groups. And God has called his people to go to the ends of the earth, to people who are far from us. That's why as Renaissance, we pray for and we go to the people in North Africa to serve with our partners there, to show and share the love of Jesus so that people are worshiping and loving Jesus. That's why we care to say, God, would you send us out to people who've never heard the message of Jesus? Because God's heart is for the nations. We want God's blessing in our church so that it will flow through us. In the same way we talked about generosity, in the same way that we can be generous as individuals, we want to be generous as a church. Dylan already talked about, like, the sound system. That wasn't a, it's not a huge deal, but it was a way that we could say, hey, we've got a sound system. We can be generous and lend our time and our system for the festival, save the community workers some money, and we want everything we have as a church to be able to be lended and generous and used for the good of the city, for the good of the neighborhood. We want to be generous. We want to serve in the community, and we do this often, and you can get involved, right? If you want to serve in the community, let us know. Talk to us, because we want to get your information so that we can find ways to help you serve and love this community. My prayer is that Renaissance will grow in depth, which means you and I growing in our faith, deepening in our love for God, our love for people, that we will grow in depth, and I pray that we will grow in numbers, that we'll see more and more people connected to our church as part of our church, hearing the good news of Jesus and growing in their faith so that we can be a thriving and vibrant body of Christ, that we will see people coming to know Jesus, that we'll see people sent out of our church on mission, as church planners, as missionaries, that we will be a church of people living on mission wherever we are. That is my heart and my desire. It's what I long to see in our church. And we see it. 
We're so excited to send out Ben and Alyssa and others with Voyage Church later this summer to send them out from our church and to say, you know what? It's not about this room. It's about people coming to know Jesus. Why? Why do we want all that? Because God has worked so deeply in our lives that we can't help but share it. We can't help but overflow to others because of the grace of God in us. So as we close, uh, Naomi, if you want to come up, um, as we close this morning and begin to wrap up, you may listen to this this morning, and it may, like, fire you up. It does me. Like, you may be like, yes, this is awesome. Let's do this. And that's great. Or you may be sitting here, and you're like, this is all kind of weird. It seems kind of, like, distant, some kind of, like, super Christian thing that's not really me. All I can tell you is, what is the next step in, of obedience in your life? What is the next step to say, Jesus, I need to find my life in you. I want to obey. I want to begin to pray for someone. God, would you bless, my, bless me? Would you work in me so that it can overflow out of me? What is your next step? Because often we complicate following Jesus. We can easily complicate it into all kinds of things when what God is calling us to is simple obedience. To say yes to God to actually trust him, say, okay, I don't see the answers, I don't know the end results, but God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to take a step of faith and trust you to pray for someone, to believe that God's word is true, to share Jesus with someone, to obey what God is calling me to do. Because when we say yes to God, it changes our hearts and lives, and this is what changes and impacts the world around us. Simple obedience saying yes to God. And when we are doing that, it overflows out of our lives. So this morning, what is your next step? Maybe you need to take a step of obedience. Maybe you need to step out and say, I want to tell someone, a friend, a family member, a coworker, I want to share with someone what God is doing in my heart. And you don't have to have every answer, but you can simply say, Jesus has saved me and forgiven me of my sin. And anyone can love and follow Jesus if they put their faith in him. Maybe today you need to surrender. You're not following Jesus. You're not a Christian and this is all new and you need to say, I need to put my faith in Jesus. I recognize that I'm sinful and on my own I'm separated from God. But God has sent his son Jesus to die on the cross to take our punishment and today you may need to say I need to put my faith in Jesus because the Bible says that when we put our faith in him when we repent or means turn away turn away from our sins and say Jesus I put my hope in you that our sin, our guilt, our shame is forgiven, is removed and we are brought into relationship with God and maybe today you need to ask questions about that or you need to say Jesus I want to follow you because Jesus changes our hearts. And when he changes our hearts, it can overflow out of us to other people. So as we close this morning, we're going to sing a couple songs before we have our picnic. And this time can just be a time for you to think and respond. What is God calling me to do? How do I need to respond? How do I need to obey? Who are these people that I need to be praying for? You may need to ask yourself, am I letting the work of God overflow out of my life or am I trying to hide from it? And if you're trying to hide from it, simply ask God, why am I doing that? And God, help me. 
Help me understand your grace that it would flow out of my life. That as individuals and as a church, God would bless us. His face would shine upon us so that we can be a blessing. Let's pray.